Good evening. Uh, really welcome to all of you here at the Eason Center uh, at the London School of Economics. Uh, many of you don't know me. My name is uh, Fawaz Georges, and I am a professor of international relations and also the director of the Eason Center at the London School of Economics. It really gives me great pleasure tonight uh, to introduce our uh, uh, speaker. Uh, Dr. Haytham Manna. Haytham will address the topic of uh, violence and democratic perspectives in Syria. Um, uh, most of you know uh, Dr. Manna uh, very well, much more than I do. Uh, this is the first time I, I meet Haytham. I'm really delighted. Uh, he is the head of the uh, Syrian National Coordination Body for Democratic Change uh, in Exile. Uh, one of the leading uh, oppositional groups uh, uh, outside uh, Syria. Um, just to remind a reminder, he's different from the Syrian National Council for some of you uh, who basically, because uh, we have brought uh, several people uh, from the Syrian National Council over the last year, uh, Dr. Burhan Zalyun and uh, Dr. Basma Qadmani uh, and others. Uh, Dr. Manna uh, is an academic and human rights uh, advocate by a profession. I think to me, uh, one of his most important uh, accomplishments is that he was the co-author and founder of the Arab Commission for Human Rights um, in 1998. Uh, and this is by, is a testament to where he comes from. He comes from human rights activism, and as you all know, uh, Haytham comes from one of the leading Syrian family, uh, well known for its political uh, activism and human rights. And, and this is really a double pleasure to have you here, uh, Haytham, at uh, the LSC. He received a PhD in anthropology from the International Institute of Sociology in Paris. And I, I'm not going to go to uh, list all his achievements over the last few years. Uh, I think uh, I would like myself, as an observer of the Syrian scene uh, tonight, to hear from Haytham about his vision uh, about the raging violence in Syria and about the uh, potential for democratic change or the various uh, uh, visions about democratic perspectives in Syria. In particular, I would like Haytham to address the question uh, because, as you know, Haytham has been, has been one of the vocal voices who is opposed to foreign military intervention in Syria. First of all, I would like to really hear his perspective are you still opposed to military intervention in Syria? And if so, why? Why are you still opposed to uh, uh, direct military intervention, outside intervention in Syria, even though most of the opposition groups inside Syria and outside Syria do call for military intervention? I also would like to hear uh, uh, from Haytham his views on the opposition and, and why the opposition has not succeeded in basically coalescing around a, one particular uh, uh, vision, one particular roadmap. And my question to Haytham is, is diversity of the opposition, and myself trying to understand, is the diversity within the opposition a source of strength or a liability? Is it an asset as opposed to uh, being a, uh, a source uh, of weakness? Um, and of course, he has much to say, but I won't take much of, of, of your uh, precious time Please join me in welcoming Dr. Haytham Manna to the London School of Economics.
Good evening, and thank you for this invitation. I hate the Alawites and the Shiites. We are going to kill them with our knives, just they kill us. When I read this sentence in the very professional newspaper, International Herald Tribune, in an article about a Zaatari camp in Jordan, I asked three of my friends to ask 60 children in the same camp, what is the name of three Shiite families in Dara'a? After 20 days, not one of the children asked had an answer. How can we hate an enemy who you cannot personalize in your city? Has this child an ideological advanced approach to identifying his enemy on a sectarian basis? What happened and why was a political pacifist movement for freedom and dignity transformed in less than one year into a dirty war? Here in London, I tried 14 months ago to speak about the difference between revolution and war. I gave the French proverb a la guerre comme à la guerre. In war as in war, I think, the translation. Or the Arabic one, al-harb khida'a, war is the seat. Now killing in both sides becomes criminal. The antagonists share everyone with his own capacities and tools. Kidnapping, torture, extrajudicial killings, and after everything, falsification. Some factions of the opposition still talking about the inadmissibility of comparison between the victim and the executioner. Our diagnosis is very different. In war, there are war crimes and war against humanity to denounce. War is not a pacifist demonstration attacked by the army, al-Mukhabarat or al-Shabiha. On the same occasion, I spoke about the example of Lebanon, 1858-1860. How Tanyus Shaheen villagers intifada becomes a sectarian war. Some of my critics spoke about me as a defeatist, who was wakening the revolutionary sentiment, a comic deviation of the regime's terminology, wakening the national sentiment, al-qawmi. 
Michel Kilo spent the three years because he was behind the weakening of national sentiment one day. Today, nobody speaks about revolution. We all speak about the war in Syria. The principal question, unfortunately, becomes, are you with or against war? In other words, with or against violence. The generalization of violence was the way of solution for the dictatorship. Isolated from inside and outside, the official propaganda was based on the conspiracy theory and the fabricated opposition armed groups. Up to August 2011, the Syrian government's media hadn't any name to describe the armed imagined groups. From Jisr Shughur to Ma'arat al-Nu'man, the path of militarization of the popular movement was not funny. Day after day, the regime reinforces the military solution. Unfortunately, the Syrian external opposition lost the pacifist road in its daily propaganda. After a period of denying any militarization, Gulf media and Islamist virtual networks began to speak openly, openly about Al Farouk, Battalion, and the Free Army. Rapidly, Al Arabiya and Al Jazeera overvalued the, the armed struggle in Syria. They stopped mentioning the forms of civilian resistance. The spokesperson of the Free Army groups take the place of politicians. The most important claim of the SNC members' TV interventions become give the necessary arms to SFA. The Syrian authorities win the second round. And the official propaganda becomes don't speak anymore about pacifist revolution. Don't deny the existence of military groups. They were underground waiting for the right moment. For the majority of Western media, Syrian Free Army is beautiful. Jihadists in Syria are not dangerous. Militarization is inevitable and negotiation as political solution with the Assad regime is impossible. For the National Coordination Body for Democratic Change, militarization means the political and financial dependence on the military opposition, the marginalization of democratic forces, and the reinforcement of sectarian extremists and the black Islamists groups, black like oil, black like darkness, and black like exclusion. Let us speak about human and material costs of war. Violence in Syria has all the socio 
cultural elements to be based on organic structure. It will be sectarian and religious more than civilian because the motivation of class, nationalism, or democracy for violence remains very weak in the Syrian reality. Armed groups are a luxury for which our democratic and pacifist revolution cannot pay the cost. More than 40,000 killed, to remember only 20% of them before the armed confrontations. More than 200,000 injured, 30,000 disappeared, 29% of health infrastructure completely damaged, 85 villages and neighborhoods have been completely destroyed, more than 2 million displaced, 380,000 refugees. The economical cost today is largely more than $150 billion. In a very crucial moment of our history, how we can comment on the scandal of political money and to speak about new forms of corruption inside and outside the country. In any society, social movement is strong if it, is, if it remains attractive to the majority of its society. In Syria, from the beginning in Dara, we did our best to reinforce the element of progress in the spontaneous movement for freedom, dignity, justice, equality, against despotism and corruption. And I launched the three no in the third week. No to violence, no to sectarianism, no to foreigner intervention. Because we know that the multi-sectarian, multi-religious, and multicultural composition of the Syrian identity is not the same as Libya or Tunisia. We cannot go to the radical change without a global approach of modernity and the clear imprint of the civilian state. The city in geopolitics, civism in the revolutionary culture, and citizenship in the political institution are very important elements to win the majorities senso largo. That means structural minorities and political ones. In the Syrian society under dictatorship, civil and political freedoms were limited, but social freedoms were better protected than many Arab countries. The example given by Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and sectarian Gulf media doesn't give any confidence to many categories of the population. If we look to the reaction in Aleppo after the attack of military groups on the city, we can understand the invisible conflict between two categories. 
One essentially rural, traditionalist, marginalized and influenced by Salafi group. The second is composed of townsmen and minorities who are still afraid of these violent groups. But some superficial journalists are still speaking about Aleppo as Benghazi, Syria. It is perhaps necessary to review the problematic elements of the Libyan model in Syria. Very early, some Syrian and the French politicians and intellectuals tried to copy the example of Libya. From changing the flag to calling to for NATO's intervention, as to structure, function, and political project, the Syrian National Council is the Syrian copy of the Libyan Transitional Council. Mr. Alain Juppé, French ex-minister for foreign affairs, lapsed into calling the SNC by the initials LTC. They had this image of reorganizing Libya Act II in Syria, which was considered by us to be a real tragedy. I very quickly met some Russian diplomats. I, I understood that they have what I can call as psychotherapist Libyan complex. Not only that, but they discovered early on that this was the occasion to open the door to the post-American unipolar era. Ruse of reason, in the words of Hegel, Syrian progressives were the first to fight against American domination. And are we here paying the price for this transformation? Another surprise, the Kurdish region in Syria doesn't like to join SFA. A high commission composed essentially of the most important political forces, PYD and KNC, is trying to negotiate a kind of democratic local administration under the, he the heavy watch of anti-Kurdish government in Ankara. The European chancelleries refuse to see in this event a normal continuity of political tradition of the Kurdish political movement in Syria, which was the only pacifist example in Kurdistan. There is no doubt that external eyes, which began some times ago to prepare the research and plans that were called the day after, will find themselves very far from the ground. Even the decisions of the Syrian opposition conference in Cairo, in Cairo in July 2012 called for supporting of the free army and armed resistance and forget to claim the importance of civil resistance. The formation of popular committees and citizenship structures which could be able to reduce the chaos of violence 
organized crime, Salafit groups and foreigner jihadists in Syria. Never, never in the modern history of the region have we seen an example of democracy being built after such an escalation of violence. Where, where are we going? Is military victory an appropriate term to describe the probabilities of the so-called local prevail, as Ibn Khaldun's terminology on the incapacity to build a central state? In 2011, we were the example for many peoples and nations. Today we are a small part of nations' game. War is not our fate. Not only it is possible to stop it, we must do our best to do that. First of all, to save what we can from values, from the values of the revolution. Secondly, to stop killing and destruction. And thirdly, to protect our future and to stop the process of assassination of the intellectual. The intellect, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Manna. Haifam suggested that he's going to speak just for 20 minutes, so we have plenty of time to really uh, take questions and answers. Please, I, I urge you to be very specific and very precise. No commentaries, please. So I'll take four or five questions uh, in various rounds, and I'll start with the gentleman over there. So what we will do is... Hmm? Would you like to have a you want the paper? Do you, do you, can I have a white paper from a... Please. Please. And speak slowly so everyone gets the... Thank you. Yeah. Usually I thank every speaker all of my life, but I cannot do it today because you based your speech on facts as you projected to the people. None of your speak is, uh, speech is based on the fact. My question is, since you believe in human rights, where is the human rights of 40,000 people killed? Why, why do not direct your finger at the problem? If you have a problem with democracy, that's a different matter. How could you say Islamist, black Islamist? If you talk about the human rights, Islamists, they are the core. Basically, people, they have the right to defend themselves, this revolution was peaceful for seven months. What they've been, even a singer, his throat was slashed. People, I'm from the city of Hama, 700,000 people, they went to the streets, they were peaceful. And what happened? They sent the tanks and they, they killed 331 people in one day. And even now, they're using airplanes. 
and you're going to defend them, defend the, your regime, is not our regime. If you believe in human rights, you should believe in people to defend themselves because the international community leaves them alone. Thank you. Question here, a young woman here, please. Uh, I just wanted to thank you again. Um, this was a really good talk. Um, I want to ask you about um, negotiations because I know you touched upon that a little bit. Um, I just want to say your opinion on how do you envision negotiations practically happening on the ground in Syria after the progression of the uh, May I follow up? Would you consider Haytham, uh, your group, sitting down with uh, the uh, Assad presidency and exactly. negotiate a way out. And third question, please. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for your speech. I wish to ask a question, Dr. Manan. You said no war. Nobody likes war. Nobody likes war. I can assure you that. Not in Syria, not anywhere in the world. But tell me, after seven months of peaceful uh, revolution, and Assad himself has confessed that it was peaceful for seven months, what do you expect if someone comes to my house and try to destroy it or kill my children? Would I sit and thank him for doing that? Instead of saying to the people, no war, one should direct the question, to Assad himself. He started it. Right. He should we, finish it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, please. The, the young gentleman here. Hello. Um, Mataz from Saros. I'm um, sorry, what's your name? Mataz. Mataz. Um, I just wanted to ask if you could expand more on the role of political money and how it affects the situation in Syria now. Thank, Thank you. you. The question will come back to you, don't worry. Please. This is the final question for the first round, and I will come. Uh, just to say thank you, uh, Haytham, for an excellent analysis of the situation in Syria. I read somewhere, and I can't remember where, that you went on the record uh, once suggesting that you were actually approached within a few days of the start of the uprising in Syria by more than one side proposing that you should be armed. They off actually offered you arms uh, to conduct the uprising. Is that the case? Thank you. So shall we go? Remember, there will be many rounds. You'll have your time, I promise. First of all, I like to, to say that black Islamist, not political Islamic movement. I mean by black Islamist, people who don't make any difference when they kill because they can kill 20 or 40 people in the name of one or two people. And there is no difference between these categories and the so-called Mukhabarat uh, and Shabiha. I'll give an example. When you attack the two towers in New York, people who are inside the events didn't choose to be 
they are completely innocent. They don't have any relationship with the event. The same thing for the bombing of the south of Damascus. The same thing for the bombing of Baptuma. We cannot accept in any way because we are from color, religious color. It is easy to kill here or there. This is not the Islam and not the Islamic political movement. It is black Islam like oil because it's the product of the oil. It's the product of Saudi Arabia. Bin Laden and Co. are the product of Saudi Arabia. And now of Mali, of Syria, of Iraq, whatever you want. But they are not really the product of an open Islamic culture. And there is a great difference between, for example, the movement of Islamic, of Muslim Brotherhood and Al-Qaeda. If you don't like to make the difference and accept to fight hand in hand with Al-Qaeda, it's your problem. But it is your credibility which is in question. It's not mine. This is a dark Islamism, a form of dark Islamism. I called it like that because there is a very open and pacifist Salafi. For example, Al-Mutiri in Kuwait, which wrote about freedom. And he wrote in a very good way his book about liberties. I cannot compare Al-Mutiri with people who kill Al-Jaysh al-Nusayri, the Nusayri army in Syria. And we know that the presence of minorities in the army is really minority and not majority. We don't have a majority of minorities in the army. It is the obligatory service for every citizen in Syria. For that, in Jisr al-Shuhur, 37 people from Dar'a killed. 37 from Dar'a killed. And 35 from Derzor. I don't like to speak like that, but these people are not Alawites. They are from the army. If you like to study a sociological study of victims, you must look to that. For that, please, it is easy to be or to repeat the demagogic language of Hezb al-Ba'ath, of Ba'ath Party. It is another way to repeating the Ba'ath propaganda. At Takhween, all of us are traitors working with Zionism. All these responsible, the father of Bashar, Abdul Halim Khaddam, said in many occasions that I am an agent of Zionism. Yes, they said it. And now many people say that I am an agent of the regime. It is easy, takhween or takfir, it is the most easier to attack somebody. 
But it is not a, pro a democratic project. Tell me other word. Say that I like to establish an Islamic state. It's your right. But don't speak about democracy. It's not a democratic project. Nobody like war. This sentence immediately came the example of the great poet, Egyptian poet, surrealist, George Hanane, when he said in 68, nobody liked dictatorship. Pinochet is not for dictatorship, and Honecker is not for dictatorship. And nobody liked war, but you support it. You support it, and you must take a clear position of war. You must know what mean violence in the Syrian society. Can you keep the unity of the society and the Syrian territories with war? It's a great question. I think that all people which ask me in seven months of pacifist revolution, we didn't win anything, I can ask them. In 13 months of violence, did you finish with Bashar al-Assad? Why you have the right for 13 months and I don't know how many times more and we don't have the right for a pacifist revolution which gave us the image, the positive image of the Syrian revolution. If you have a good and positive image in the international level, it is not with the free army. It is not with the Mukhabarat or Ashabiha. It is with these millions of people who participated in pacific demonstrations. This is our arm and strongest arm against dictatorship, to finish with the dictatorship. Violence is the arm of dictatorship and it helped this regime to stay. I think that militarization in all levels in Syria, gave us a negative example. First of all, we were independent. We didn't need any political money. What a pacific demonstration need? Popularity, adoption of the population. They don't need Qatar or Saudi Arabia or Turkey. The forms of solidarities in the first months were an example for all people of all over the world, not only in the Arab world. Now, when you ask about milk, when you ask about medicine, they ask you how you pay because there is an idea that we are 
the most rich opposition in the world. The gas of Qatar and the oil of Saudi Arabia is behind us. And this idea, because in the first class you have all this dependent opposition, because of that, unfortunately, I'm living with my salary, but nobody thinks that it's right. <laughs> Many people ask me, can you please give me $5,000 for two months? Because they think that I, am, I become rich because I am from the Syrian opposition. Yes, it is commit tragical position with the political money. And this image, when you still, when the leaders of the opposition still in Semiramis or in Five Star for two months, who can think that these people, all of them are millionaires? All of them are rich. We know that some of them were workless. This is really a great problem of our image as democratic opposition in Syria. For that, we try to say all the time that we are the opposition of the interior. And this is the national coordination body is essentially inside the country. From 25 members of the political bureau of our organization, I am the only one abroad, and 24 are inside. And from these 24, three are in prison now. You have Abdul Aziz Al Khayr, our head of foreign affairs, and you have Iyas Ayash, responsible of Arab Socialist Party of Akram Al Hurani, the well-known. Syrian personality. You have Maher Tahan. You have now Ali Rahmoun also in prison. And every day we have an order to still in the country for a delegation in the 30 of this month. Three members of the delegation to go to Spain cannot take the plane. They don't have the right anymore to go out of the country. And this is the real opposition, which is still working with strikes, civil strikes and civil demonstration, to say that the Syrian people was in the origin of this revolution and not the external intervention or help. Here I will come back to the beginning and to the question of Fawaz. Yes, I am against any foreigner intervention. Unfortunately, now we are in it. We cannot speak about neutrality of the regional and international powers. They are implicated. Everyone as he like and as he like to say to us, for example, we met Mr. Welks 
John Wilkes. He said that we try to help you, but we don't have the right to help you in anything concerning armies. There is an European decision. We know that many European countries help in training, but our problem really is that this idea of foreigner intervention create in Syria many illusions. In a moment, we wait for a humanitarian corridor. In other moment, we wait for Aryan uh, FRAP and uh, no flight zone and, 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 and they promised Many countries promised. I was in Oslo and the Minister of Foreign Affairs said I never promised. I said to them, I'll ask the American. <laughs> but I never promised Syrian to military intervention. Everyone tell you something today about why these illusions created in the Syrian street and push the people to accept the idea of violence. Because they thought that there is a possibility of foreigner intervention. And we pay today the price. Now we are alone. And we say that we are alone. From the beginning, we said we are alone. لا تبيعوا وهم قلت لكم قبل سنة وشوي إذا بتتذكروا لا 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 عفوا طبعا بحق لك طبعا بحق لك I said it is not a market of illusions there will not be a decision in the security council I said it before 15 months I said that there will not be one soldier, one European soldier for freedom in Syria. There will not be one American soldier for Syria. Don't wait. Freedom is your own problem. And we must do our best. You can choose the military or the pacifist way. It's your right. But don't speak about something Enabled to see in Syria. Should we take a second round now? Yes. So, shall we go for a second? Gen please. The gentleman here. Uh, my name is Lachman. Uh, I didn't want to basically ask you this question, but because you you mentioned two explosions in Batuma and in the southern of Damascus. Basically, you're coming from legal background. Uh, how come you point the fingers at Islamists without having a clear evidence? First question. Second question, are you with Assad to stay after negotiation or Assad to leave after all this killing? Because according to the Syrian institution, head of the state is responsible for the killing, what happened, and uh, responsible for the security of the country and for the, all the military taking action. So are you against it or not? Thank you. Uh, what do you think about the Free Syrian Army? 
are they terrorists or fighting for the freedom? I have three questions. <laughs> the, the young woman the corner. Thank you, Dr. Manna. Um, I've got points to make. First, you say that you are internal opposition. Um, on what basis are you internal opposition when you haven't entered Syria in 25 years and you refuse to take part in the internal opposition meeting in Damascus a few months ago after the reassurance of Dr. Ali Haider and other prominent uh, politicians? Secondly, you claim that you work uh, predominantly, predominantly with humanitarian issues, yet you have never ever condemned EU sanctions on uh, the Syrian people. You've always said that sanctions should be imposed on people who work for the government and who, um, who gain from the government, yet the sanctions are being imposed on 23 million, uh, million Syrians. Are you saying that all these Syrians work for the government and they deserve to be imposed upon? Because they're the ones that are going to be hungry, they're the ones that are going to be cold this winter because of these sanctions. We, can we have a question here from Ms. Isle? Uh, doctor, just a quick question, but hopefully a long answer. I just want your opinion on Syed Nasrallah's view right now and his analysis of the situation in Syria. And can you imagine how Hezbollah could be a part of a political solution in these coming weeks and months, or is that completely impossible? So just your thoughts on the subject, specifically of Nasrallah's arguments. We'll have a question, the last question in the second round here. Please. واحد وهيئة السؤال الثاني هيئة التنسيق ما نزلته للجنة العليا الكردية هناك في علاقات بين اللجنة العليا الكردية اللجنة العليا الكردية بيمثل كل الأكراد الموجودين بداخل وشكراً His basic question is why the opposition has failed to the opposition front has failed to unite uh, and this really goes to my question to Haytham at the beginning of the talk is that is really disunity a source of weakness or a source of strength um, and you also mentioned the question of Kurds, the role of the Kurds um, in the opposition movement as well. Shall we? Okay. Uh, the question of Bashar, first of all. I don't think that any political man, reasonable and really uh, realistic, can ask somebody who failed in the last uh, 19 months to stay in power. We cannot ask a minister of transport after three or four accidents to stay in his job. How we can ask Bashar to stay? But hey, Sarnan, how do you respond to the argument is that how do you get rid of Assad if you're not willing to use uh, coercive power. Yeah, this is the this is the question. Some people, when you discuss a pacifist transition in Syria, it is 
not your project. You discuss a common project between two parties. One of them still strong. And I am afraid that he is more strong than we think. I'm afraid of that because the price is more victims. The you second mean, one... You mean the, his, you mean the Assad regime is much more stronger, stronger than the received wisdom would have it? Yes, I think. This is our problem. This is our problem today. This is our problem. And I think that people who said that in the end of Ramadan there will be two Eid. And then second Ramadan, they said the same thing. Must try to speak with a revolutionary realistic language that's mean in a part what we can mobilize in the society, but in the other part, what is the force of the other, the other camp? For that, if somebody, perhaps it will not be us, perhaps it's the Syrian National Council, don't take it easy. It's very complicated. And many people now negotiate avec the most radical language which you heard in the TV, not with us. For that, perhaps they will negotiate avec Bashar, not us. I like to tell you something. If Bashar is here, it is not because of the Syrian opposition inside or outside. He is here because he can still in power up to now. And this is our problem. This is our problem. And we must take this problem in consideration. One day, I was in with a, a meeting with Chilean friends to negotiate the transformation into democracy in Chile. And I remember when they said, one of them said, we will protect ourselves, Pinochet. All the people in the hall were against this man. And this man, the solution proposed was by this man to protect Pinochet was the good solution. To finish with Pinochet himself. I don't try to copy any example. And I think that the Syrian example will be unique like others. For that, it is our duty to invent our solution. Are you suggesting, this is a very important point, are you suggesting that the opposition should offer Assad and the inner circle a political pact along the Latin American lines, the transition 1990s, as a way out of the deadly embrace, the military stalemate? I mean, seriously, is, is, this, is this a, because the Russians have put this particular point on, on the table. The only way is to protect Assad and his inner circle and nudge them out. Uh, is this feasible at all at this stage, given the fact that a river of blood has been shed and there is escalation, I mean, considerable escalation on the ground? If there is interna sufficient international guarantees, Russian and Chinese and Iranian, 
Yes. Why not? I, I answered his question, not yours. <laughs> it is another question. No, it is another question. Your question is more sophisticated and more difficult. Because we know now that Assad, if we cannot, if we cannot stop for four days violence, it is not because of armed groups, but because of Assad regime who refused to give any guarantees for four days of ceasefire. No, it's, your question is very right. I tell you another thing. We had the guarantees that nobody will be arrested or attacked them from all the 20 political parties who participated in the Syrian Salvation Congress in Damascus. And I refused to go to Damascus. I'm sorry, I refused to go because they asked me not to go, but many people said to me, and there is no secret between us now, Ya'arub al-Shara, and all the responsible of a center of interrogatory in Damascus now in Jordan, in Erbet, said to me, where are you going? Where are you going? Don't go. Many people asked me not to go. Abdul Aziz went, but he is in prison now. And we try our best with Russia, with... Uh, they send many letters to Al-Mu'allim, Bashar, and many people, and no answer. And Abdul Aziz Al-Khayyir is still in prison. You know, this is... But the regime says that, uh, the story of the regime says that they were kidnapped by an armed group, point one. Point two, if, if, the, if we know that it was, they were, that is, are we talking about different wings within the regime itself, do you think? Yes, that yes, yes. There is fragmentation. Exactly. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Immediately, I... There is many... There is a great difference between Jamil Hassan and Ali Haidar. Ali Haidar speak like us. He lost his son in the war. He cannot be with violence. But Jamil Hassan killed more than 300 people in his section and their torture. There is a great difference between this one and this one. You have many sensibilities in power. Up to now, many people ask you to give power to Farooq al-Shara. And Farooq al-Shara is the son of the regime. He is not the son of the opposition. And really, I think that a simplest approach of the Syrian problem will be problematic. And we must try to find a solution for that our position now is how to convent the five superpower permanent members of the Security Council to an international conference with an historical compromise. From these five countries, because if they find 
This solution, I think that nobody can be against. If they didn't find, if they doesn't find, there is a real problem. And Qatar will be a superpower in Syria. Iran will be superpower in Syria. Turkey will be very strong in Syria. I think that today you must ask the masters to find a compromise between themselves. I mean, how I know we, we talked about this, to what extent, really, to what extent, based on your knowledge of the opposition, to what extent do you think, and this is probably very sensitive to some of the, the, the guests here, to what extent has the political wing of the opposition been hijacked by the armed wing, uh, point one? And point two, to what extent has really now the Syrian conflict mutated into a war by proxy? That is, regional powers now are the real players, and the, all of you opposition are really basically a theater, whereby you're acted upon, you're at the mercy of the regional players. But if you can answer the questions first, yes. because I'm, and then we'll come back to... Yes, I'll come back to... For Nasrallah, our position from the first day when after 72 hours, one of the Syrian deputies, ex-deputies, said in Al-Arabiya that the soldiers of Hezbollah fighting in Dara. And we know at that time that they weren't. Others weren't also. We were alone with al-Mukhabarat. Uh, there were not any foreigner, not in our side or in the side of the regime. But I am not surprised by the position of Nasrallah. Why? In 2006, Nasrallah said in a speech in July that I will not forget state and people who are in our side today. And I think that in his position, he is very coincidence with himself, but not with me and with the revolution. He can say that perhaps my position today is wrong or against the history. It is his problem. I think that our problem from the first day was, and still, and must be as Syrian, we must have a very good relationship with 8th and 14th of March, both. I saw Samir Frangia and I saw Hezbollah. I'm ready to discuss with all Lebanese. It is our fate as Syrian. In 3,000 years of history, it is the place of Syria. It is not to enter in a conflict with this against that. Or it must be really for a good near neighborship with Lebanon. It is not the situation of the regime. It is not the situation of Nasrallah. It is not also the situation of Jaja. We must know that Jaja support people which are not in bond connection ideologically and uh, politically with him. 
But it's a personal problem. He's still eight years in prison because of the regime, the Syrian regime. We don't like to take a reactional aptitude in our revolution. We prefer a good relationship, a long term with all Lebanese fractions. And we try to do it in spite of all difficulties which we have now. For the Kurdish question, I think that our coordination was and is still very positive for the attitude of the High Commission of Kurdish people in the Kurdish region in Syria. And it is composed from the most important forces in Kurdistan, in Syrian region of Kurdistan. And this part is very important because first of all, we don't have victims of this slowly but important transformation of power. You don't have really Syrian Mukhabarat now in this region. And the Kurdish parties control the situation without violence. And you have a kind of administration, local administration for elementary needs of the population. I propose, and I proposed before to our friend Muhammad Saleh, uh, Saleh Muhammad uh, Muslim, I proposed to put some Arabs figures of the region in these commissions. It will be very positive for the unity between the two people. And with, it will be very constructive. Our relationship is good now, but I think our problem is not with the Kurdish National Council or with the PYD. PYD is a member of our coalition. Our problem is with the Syrian National Council as only representative of the Syrian people. If he is the only representative, what we are, representative of the government. I think this idea, which is a copy of Libyan model, unfortunately, is very dangerous and is one of the reasons that up to now we don't have Cairo 2. Because in Cairo 1, we asked for a committee, a high committee, from this conference of all the fractions of the opposition. And in voting, we had 70% of people voted for this committee, high committee. And they stopped everything. Who stopped? Uh, Bayanouni from Muslim Brotherhood. He stopped the process and he said, no, it will be another structure better than the Syrian National Council. We don't accept we have the Syrian National Council as in Syria. And they stopped 
everything, and up to now we don't have a committee after the conference. For that, we ask it for a second conference, and we ask it, Muhammad Amr, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, to support our proposition. I hope that they will find the way for a Cairo Act II. It's very necessary. If not, we will still in our situation. I don't think it's positive. I don't think it's positive because we don't have a common program now. We don't have a common program now. Some of us are against militarization and like to stop it. And the others ask or people and countries to help for more arms and more for confrontation. For that, if we still in the actual situation, we will go in two directions. I'm sorry to, what do you say then? I mean, I, I know probably, what do you say to the bulk of activists on the ground inside Syria who basically call for the more arms and call for qualitative arming? Uh, because on the one hand, you say that really most of your branches are inside Syria in terms of political opposition. But it seems to me the bulk of activists on the ground, whether in Homs or whether in Halab or whether in Deir Zur or Idlib or Dara, they want arms. They want to basically take this particular military confrontation to its uh, ultimate conclusion. Are you, in, in this sense, are you really basically, you're not on the same page? No. Uh, no. Uh, no, no. No, I think they, we so have in Syria two minorities. One in the extremists of the regime, which think that they can go on and win the battle against the armed opposition. And the other one is the armed opposition, which think that they can go on to Damascus. Uh, before coming here, one of the figures of the opposition who spent eight years in prison in Syria under Bashar said that I am ready for the destruction of Damascus if it is necessary to end with the Assad regime. If he is ready, I am not ready. I'm not ready. I think that we don't need to pay this price to finish with, with Bashar. One more, I'm sorry I keep bothering you. In this sense, if you, if you tell our students here, in this social struggle, if you, if you were to give the audience a kind, I know this is a, what kind of, are you, would, be, would you be a minority, a very tiny minority, first within the opposition, and would you be part of a silent majority in Syria as a voice for opposing militarization? I don't think that we have the capacity to know exactly where is the majority of Syrian today. But I know that the majority of victims is largely more important than all militant, pacifist, or with militarization. We have more than three millions of people victims of what happened. And this is a real majority which paid every day the price 
of violence. And we don't need to ask them, you will read in the end of this month, we send a mission of human rights defenders to ask these people really, not a journalist like the expression of International Herald Tribune, to ask these people what they think about violence. And I ask myself, why the population of Aleppo, most of them in all the region of conflict, are not here to support the army of both sides. Why the population went out from the first day? They don't like to participate. Why nobody say in Aleppo, welcome free army or welcome national army? Oh, please, but we'll come back to you. Sorry. Yes. No, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to you, mm. please. Um, we'll, are we, shall we take another round? Yes. Sorry, oh. for what, uh, no, no, no. What? I didn't answer my question from the first round. Yeah, well, whether he could confirm that he was actually offered arms. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do that. We'll, we'll, we'll cut, yes, I yes. promise we'll get back to you. Yes, but the gentleman here, please be, be, pa be patient, be patient, please. We'll, 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 please, the gentleman here. He didn't answer my first question about the legal background okay, we, we, accusing yeah, he, he'll, he'll come back to you. We yes. got you. I promise you he will. It's, it's my fault because I was distracting him, as you know. So we can Quiet, be done. Please. 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 I lost my please, voice. Please, please, please silence. Please, gentlemen. Yes. Okay. So, Sherko Zenalus occurred from Syria. So, first of all, I got a question. Why we haven't... Question, yeah, please. Just quickly, yeah. just take a bit to I have more rights more than everybody, please. We suffered a lot. So, you know, very quickly. Yeah. So why you didn't invite any court to sit on the stage? This happened with Ghalion too. And you asked why no answers, you know. You should think next time more. I, Secondly, apologies. believe me, is no. Secondly, the Kurds, you know, each time when we are talking about anything, all our Arab opposition saying, wait for the follow of the regime, the end of the regime. We, as, as a Kurd, were facing two problems, two wars, with the regime and with the Syrian Arab opposition. They are very, very racist to the Kurdish question. When we talk about ourselves, each time, you know, it's very important, you must understand, you know, yeah, yeah, our we, time, you, you know. Quickly, uh, we, yeah, we, I, that's we, why, we, it's very important, you know. You know we, we hear you. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Ha, Mr. Uh, you know, Haytham, yes. his leader, Hassan Ablazi, he said it many times. He said, no Kurds in Syria, there are refugees. So how we can we trust we all you. of them? Thank you. We, so please, I, you know. Have, I, I will. And you're right. I mean, we, we, I, would love, I would like to invite all of you. I promise me. But unfortunately, Taiban. Uh, yeah, but the gentleman wanted to respond and then to you. I'm going to give you another question. Yes, absolutely. Because you have the right. Yes. And then quick one. And then quick one so we can. Very quick. Thank you very much. I hope just your, uh, your guest will answer the question. There is a question from there wasn't answered. There is no, no, but it was not his fault. Couple, couple, couple of questions. Really, okay, he's right. It's not intentional. Remember okay, we took it. Yes. Uh, just one quick thing, because a lot of people, they want to contribute. Yes, one quick thing. What is your weight, you and the ANC, National Congress, on the ground? The Syrian revolution is not famine revolution. People, they want their dignity. That is towards the revolution. You have no weight on the ground, not you, not the ANC, 
not all the parties, including the past party as well. The people of Syria, they will not accept anything you say. Uh, of the refugees inside Jordan and other places. And he says we all should contribute to help basically the refugees that living in visible, horrible conditions. Uh, you have a question because you've been, your hand is, please. Please quickly, I'm going to take as many questions, I promise you, but please remember our time is limited and it's mainly my fault. I, I kept distracting Haytham from the main questions. Yes. Hi there, Haytham. Thank you very much for um, coming this evening. It's a pleasure to listen Can to you talk. Can you speak louder, please? Yes. Um, I was just wondering, we've skirted around the issue a bit, but what exactly is the NCB sort of advocating in terms of bringing an end to the conflict? I think that regardless of whether or not Bashar al-Assad steps down, we know that he won't do that. Um, the most pressing issue is to bring about an end to the conflict. And what practical steps are you advocating should be taken? And second of all, to what extent are you in contact with the Iranians, with the Russians, with the Saudis, with the Qataris to bring about some sort of a resolution to stop them from selling arms to both sides? Um, I'm looking more for practical steps that you're taking. Thanks. The gentleman over there, because we, we need to, and, and you will, will get, um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to you. Just be patient, huh? Just, please, yes. Thank you very much for your, for your lecture. Um, uh, I wanted just to know whether uh, there has been any effort to make contact with, uh, with opposition within Iran who is uh, now expressing a lot of resentment against the government policy in Syria. The gentleman behind him, please. Quick one, huh? that's wonderful. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Dr. Manaz, very obvious that there is a social group tournament such as your group, his group, but we are facing a group that emotionally, ideologically, physiolo physiologically supported by money and religion. How can we defeat this? I mean, I want to see Syria part of the world, not part of another, another group. Thank you. Thank you. The gentleman in the back as well. And then we'll come back to you now. Thank you. Uh, quick one, huh? Quick, yes. My question, first one, I asked uh, Dr. Haysam, did he play enough role to communicate with other division of uh, uh, Syrian opposition? As I see my opinion, uh, may I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear the question. What was the question? Did he play enough role to communicate with other division yes. of opposition? All right. And other question, I like you, Dr. Fawad, and both of you to answer about the, the ideological belief, nationalism and religion in Middle East. If we compare with Europe, uh, how we can how we can apply democracy and achieve the democracy 
under these beliefs. For example, we are a court. We are suffering for Thank nationalism. We got, belief, we got the question. We, have, we, we have two final questions here. Okay, thank Please. you. Thank you. The, the gentleman first, the student, and then do you. It will get to you, I promise you. Please. Quick one, huh? Thank you, Dr. Hasan. How can you claim that there's still a revolution in Syria, which has become the source for a regional power struggle and war? Syria's infrastructure has been destroyed. Who's going to rebuild it? I'm Qatar sorry, or Saudi I didn't Arabia? Hear your can you get it away from your mouth, please, a bit? Okay. How can, you, how can you claim that there is still a revolution in Syria when it has become the source for a regional and international power struggle? Um, Syria's infrastructure has been destroyed. Who will rebuild it? Saudi or Qatar, uh, and Qatar or Turkey or who? All right. Thank you. Um, so, so that is that how do you rebuild, I mean, the post-Assad, given the fact of the gravity of the crisis and the, of the, the destruction? You said $150 billion. Where will the money come from? This is a poor country. Yes. Thank you uh, very much. Uh, Dr. Aiden, for this participation, I think it's full of facts and uh, excellent positions. I come uh, from a country which suffered a great deal because of foreign intervention. Uh, I come from Iraq. Iraq was basically destroyed, and we know what foreign intervention does to you, and also the case of Libya. So I'm particularly attracted to the positions taken by the uh, coordination body in regard to this, and they stressed on two points, basically. They are against regional financing and intervention and international intervention in the, in, in the crisis in Syria. And secondly, they will continue the democratic struggle in, in Syria to achieve their aims, which I'm sure they will do. But they will do better if they stay away from Qatar and Saudi Arabia you, and all these the rubbish has been going on. No, uh, please. Support. That, that's, no, no, no. I, I don't Quick think one, any discussion on, uh, in the Middle East could be uh, done without looking at position in the United States. So what is, what is, your, yeah, what is, what is your position on the U.S. policy Thank you. is kind of in, in intervention and the future relation with the United States? So the U.S. role in the Syrian crisis, uh, we have, hey, fam, 10 minutes, we're going to take. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, we're going to have to show you, because it's my fault, we're going to take 15 sure, minutes, yes. and we'll really, if we can, address most of the questions. Uh, I think 15 minutes, plenty of time. Yes, for uh, legal backgrounds of uh, accusation. We saw in Al Arabiya some documents, uh, false documents, unfortunately, about what happened in the south of Damascus. We know what happened in the south of Damascus, and now we have many uh, press releases of people who did it like a press release of and YouTube of many operations now openly uh, which kill soldiers, Syrian soldiers, uh, which are prisoners. We don't need more than uh, a proof about uh, war crimes. We have, unfortunately, enough from both sides. And there is no respect for humanitarian law, international humanitarian law in Syria. Take it like it is. Uh, I have myself a staff of six people working around Syria for uh, 
documentation of all of these crimes. And you will see our report this year, and that is the end of this year. I don't speak without uh, having enough information about what happened. For the question of army, yes, from the first day, many people proposed army to us, not only for me. I spoke, but another didn't spoke at that time. And they said, go out, we don't like it. Many people received many offers for militarization from the first week. And all of the population and the groups of Dara refused this offer. And if you see what happened in Dara, how from the first day we had people killed and injured, I think that really it was an exceptional position of the population of my city to take this pacifist aptitude in a region in which the culture of peace is not very strong. Take care of that. To be man, the good thing in Dara'a is to get a great stone, Jamash. And to be man in Dara'a also, you must know what jihad means. And these people still more than eight months pacifist. For that, really, the crime of the regime is very great to push people to violence. For the period post-Assad, it will be very difficult. It's not easy to, to be in government after Assad. Really, in all levels, national unity, take it as you like, opposition and power in the same government, as you like. It's not easy to rebuild Syria today. For the states, I think that one of our problems that we don't have a stable politic of the states from the beginning up to date. And the State Department had many positions. Sometimes they are with this side, sometimes with others. And I think that Madame Clinton had, in a moment, the idea that all is possible in Syria. And they can, as the intervention, the interview of our friend Burhan Ghalyoun in the Wall Street Journal, all what he promised can come. And I think that in a moment of disillusion, the state changed their position and they accepted Geneva principles. I hope that in this period they can find a compromise with the Russian government because this is very important for peace and reconstruction of Syria for democracy. Now we can speak up to now about democracy. Perhaps after four months, you cannot find anybody defending democracy in Syria, not in the regime or in the military opposition. 
The question of practical steps. Yes, we have, and we proposed. We proposed any time, in any level, a practical answer. For example, now we ask for a ceasefire in Syria. And now we, many people are pessimists. We said to them, don't take care. Why not in Dara'a, there is or for example, if we cannot do it in all of Syria, do it in a part to give the example. And you must do it in a part to give the example. I think that we need peace for humanitarian reasons and for insupportable conditions of human being in the country now. For that, four days is not a lot to stop and to, to see what, what, what is Syria if in the evening we look to the TV and nobody killed. It's very important because now we have the habit. If we don't have more than 100, something wrong. And this is what is wrong in our situation in Syria. For the opposition, the Iranian opposition, we had relationship with the Iranian opposition this, uh, since many years. And it's still inside and outside as refugees, political refugees, and uh, as Democrats from the same region. And we continue to, to have, in many levels, a good relationship. For the question of... Uh, Hmm? I, I, I try not to be racist. I try not to be racist. But I cannot give you the guarantee that we don't have enough racist Kurdish and Arabs, unfortunately. Because, you know, for every action, a reaction. And we have really some chauvinist Kurdish people now and we have many racist Arabs. Our duty is to reinforce the camp of democratic forces against these people and to have really a good and new page of relationship between the two peoples. Sufi Sual Majawdali. You talked about the US, yeah? Yes. The question the gentleman asked you, he said, uh, now that you know the uh, uh, Syrian National Council represent the inside opposition, yes. how, how, how true really, I mean, are you really now, is there a divide between you, all the opposition, and what's happening on the ground inside Syria? You know, we don't, and we cannot give a good answer to this question because we are not in a democracy. Now, it is the, pro, the Arab proverb which say, uh, uh, we are not uh, the strongest. No, but this is a serious question, really. Yes, I mean, it's very, I mean, very serious. <laughs> and very serious no, 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 I mean, to know that I mean, we don't have... 20, 20 months on, yes. 
Yes. It seems to me that the revolt, the uprising, the armed is basically playing itself differently than most of you had hoped. No, no, I don't think that. I think that you are right in February, in March of this year. Today, no, many people now with our pacifist approach because they see in the other approach useless and destruction and killing. Before, we had the idea that we can win in one or two months. If not, there will be a foreigner military intervention. And with this idea, many Syrians sacrificed their life and their houses and their really uh, region. Uh, but day after day, what changed in their life? Nothing. What is the good example that the opposition gave in the north, uh, Aleppo and Idlib? It's not a good example. Uh, we are not an attractive force as military for many people in Syria now. And we hadn't the capacity. If we are three or four groups, political groups, we are more than 30 military groups. And this is a catastrophic situation. We don't have a high commandment for military groups up to now. And when you don't have this, you are working in local, everyone in his quarter and in his city, without any coordination with another city. Final, since I'm the chair, I'm really a, a very uh, proactive chair, unfortunately, because for most of you. Uh, based on what you have seen from the positions of the Brits, the French, the Americans, are we, have we witnessed a subtle shift on the part of the Western powers towards the conflict in Syria? Do, do you see a subtle shift from the earlier days where they insisted on Assad's days were numbered, it's mostly a matter of weeks and months, uh, given the military stalemate, given the more nuanced position on the part of the United States, do you see any shift and what do the Russians say about this, the point one? And point two, do you think, and I hope I'm wrong, next year if we come gather here, we'll still be talking about the crisis in Syria? And do you think instead of talking about 40,000, we'll be talking about 100,000 casualties based on what you know, your own uh, 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 perspective? You know, I don't like to answer the last question because it's very hard to answer the last question. I am really optimist as militant, but not optimist as reality. There is a great difference between our struggle for peace to stop violence in Syria and our capacity to do it. We try to mobilize a lot of people and countries. I went to more than 82 countries. Israel aside, there is no veto. I was the first Syrian to go with Abdel Aziz al-Khayyar to Tehran and to ask them to stop violence from the regime with guarantees for themselves. 
if they respect the program of people, that's mean democratic change. We discussed Tartu's military base with Russia, and we are ready to discuss these if it is necessary for less victims and for a political solution. And we discussed with Americans and French and the Britannic. We never excluded anybody. We, I, the first Minister of Foreign Affairs was, which I met when I become responsible of foreign affairs, was Mr. Haig. And we tried to meet when we can to find a political solution. And the conclusion which we have now, which we have in the national coordination body, not only me, is that we need really a historical international compromise between these five countries. Because without these people, Al-Akhtar Ibrahimi said to us something very important and interesting. He said, I'll tell it in Arabic and he can't translate. Ali Ammi, Nahnam Nedder, Nukna al Amriki, Nukna al Rusi, Sahabi, Lavro, Bukna al Franci, Kaman Sahbim, Nitlatin Sidin, Abul Inglisi Kaman, Mush Mishkla, Basroha Knali Jamat al Khalij. no, no, we don't have any question. My apologies. Uh, well, uh, Dr. Manna, uh, uh, basically, Al Ibrahimi, in a meeting with uh, Haytham and his group, said that basically the real uh, challenge, the real obstacle to reaching a consensus is convincing the Gulf states. Uh, because obviously, uh, they seem to be very reluctant to accept any particular roadmap. Uh, this is, this is uh, but, uh, one year from now. I, I, I am not a prophet. Thank you. Please, please join me in thanking